so I know the two of you have been doing uh, a lot more uh, streaming recently, which has been really nice. Mm-hmm. I basically, yeah. right off the bat, I want to plug the fact that both of you have been doing some streams and they're fun. Um, and I bring it up because uh, not there was a day where I get on Twitch when I know that people are streaming. And uh, Abby, you were streaming Voyager. You were going to wrap the <laughs> Voyager game up. But at the same time, Beth and Cleric were streaming one of those uh, ridiculous like seek and find. Oh, point and click adventures. Point and click adventures. It was the one about vampires. Nice. Uh, and so I, I was like, oh, oh, why? No, God, help. <laughs> Luckily, after by the time they wrapped their stream, yours was still going. So I immediately jumped in for the tail end of it where I watched you uh, take care of, uh, you know, uh, the Nihilanth. I mean, wait, what? The Vorsoth. The Vorsoth. I mean, again, I'm sorry. Everything in that just looks like Half-Life to me at well, a certain point. So. I mean, and, Quake, Quake Engine and the most tropey of endings. But, but... It does predate Mass Effect. So Mass that, Effect may have ripped off Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um, the only thing that wouldn't have surprised me or would have made more sense is if uh, Monroe had been, at the end of the game, uh, uh, conscripted by the G-Man. But <laughs> since that didn't happen, that's okay. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, any uh, we're just going to do this right out the gate. Uh, what What sort of... Uh, what sort of things are you planning on hitting in the, the future, if anything, or future projects with the streams? Um, Sims Four when Paprika gets back, uh, Dredge when Paprika gets back, which is like a Lovecraftian fishing game that I really want to play. Nice. And then beyond that, I'm just going to continue playing cool retro shooters or other interesting like games from my childhood that I can track down on GOG. Hell yeah! What about you, Alan? Uh, I'm going to be doing some more AEW Fight Forever. Nice. Um, I'm also... Uh, um, I'm I'm going to return to Mass Effect and complete the, the arc of, of Shemp Shepard. Um, there's, there's, like, maybe a third of Mass Effect 3 remaining. Oh, oh damn. God. Yeah. Um, and once I'm done with that... Um, I really think it would be funny to tease that I'm going to start streaming Starfield. <laughs> uh, and, and then when Starfield comes out, start playing Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> oh my gosh. I made a very exciting purchase today. You did? Yeah. I, I own a bidet now. <laughs> what? Nice. I bought, I bought a bidet did... uh, uh, as an investment in my tushy. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. How's it uh, working out for you? Uh, it is not yet installed. Oh. Um, so it's possible I have purchased me breaking our toilet. Oh, no. But, um, but everyone, uh, I, I, I mentioned that I was doing it, and like seven people have been like, oh, they're super easy to install. Okay. And that's like, cool, I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> no. I will find a way to fuck this up, I promise you. <laughs> Oh, it can't be that bad, right? So I also forgot it was Prime Day. Oh. So I ordered a bidet at 8 in the morning, and it was here <laughs> at noon. <laughs> so, oh, that's incredible. Just the mysteriously appearing bidet. Bidet's yeah. gone quick. Get, bidet's gone by. Uh, I was also uh, uh, back on the topic of streaming. 
Um, uh, I, I've been considering a few things uh, that will please no one but me, I think. Okay. Um, um, one of them is when the newest Saints Row game goes down in price, I'm probably going to buy it. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Uh, I've heard it's not good, but as someone who has played and enjoyed every Saints Row game, even the ones everyone says is not good, I'm really curious. I've heard that the story mode is just has really weird writing, but I'm sure mechanically it's a fun Saints Row game, like at the yeah. very least. I even enjoyed Agents of Mayhem, and I'm like one of the three people that enjoyed Agents of Mayhem. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a Saints Row game, to be honest. I have played and beaten every single one of them except the newest one. All of them. All of them? All of them? Oliver. Oliver and company. Olive the other reindeer? Olivia. Oh, Olivia Newton-John? Oliver Queen? Adams. Hero of Star City? <laughs> William Henry Harrison? I I don't I don't I don't know anymore. Uh hi, it's undercooked analysis. The tagline is I I don't I don't know anymore. Uh my friends are here. Hello. There's a yeah, you you know them. If you don't like if you if you've come in this deep into the show, well that's it's your funeral. There's there's a lot of episodes. You can go back, you can pretty much pick anyone out of the ether and they're pretty okay. Uh yeah. I don't know how Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, how think, this... I think I'm done explaining things anymore. I'm giving yeah. background. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I, 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 I was, I was feeling good, and then Future Maureen had to edit around uh, someone coming over to look at our AC and uh, the dog barking, and I felt like my my life just. I felt like I had this realization of like, okay, what, what, what is this? What, what am I doing? I don't yeah, know why. But by the way, in the southwest of the U.S. right now is a fucking heat wave. So uh, mm-hmm. goddamn hot. Mm-hmm. It's been really, really great at my day job where there's basically no shade. Oof. And I have to stand outside all the time. Is there like a temperature at which the park will just close down? Uh, if there is one, I haven't seen it yet. Oof. Because that's why they have water rides. I mean, we're going to hit the 90s, though, again. Like later this week, and it's only I love worse. the nineties. Yeah, uh, we we it's been in the nineties here most of the day. Um, yep, the high tomorrow is ninety three, then ninety nine. Next uh, Thursday, the high is going to be one hundred four. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you right now. I think uh, I heard from a, a source. I, I you know a friend of mine, but it's one of those things where it's through that. Apparently, not too long ago, the Hottest day ever recorded on Earth ever was recorded recently. Uh, I'm not sure from where from, but it it, it apparently it was, happened. It was the hottest average, I think. Like the hottest day culminating for everyone's average temperatures. Well, um, that's probably, probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Just, yeah. Definitely nope. not one of the reasons I drink. Definitely not uh, lamenting the fact that our future was stolen from us, fellow millennials. Anyway, welcome to Undercooked Analysis once again. Enjoy your time with us. It won't last. Pessimism! <laughs> Don't think about it! Crack open a beer! <laughs> <laughs> I, for, I was Back when I was on Twitter, which was, what, maybe three years ago at this point, <laughs> yeah. someone says, like, is anyone not here not on some type of substance, like, on the daily? <laughs> oh, it really geez. resonates with me. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can relate. Because the people I know who are like, oh, I don't touch anything. Mm, you're delusional. <laughs> I know you. 
You have yeah, to have some. Like, I don't touch anything. Yeah, but like maybe you should. <laughs> touch grass at least while it's still there. Even if it's grass, yeah, at least touch yeah. that. So, hey, speaking of speaking of grass, uh, we have a a story to read today by our old friend Beth Morton, which is why I kind of talked about the stream earlier because Beth has given us uh, access to a story that she submitted for a uh, liminal spaces uh, writing challenge. Not one hosted by us, but someone else. And the story had to be based around, as far as I understand, it had to be based around an image. They had a prompt image. The image in this one is a, a large uh, like field of grain just running off into the darkness. And the title of this story is Golden Sea. Is, oh man, like, I think the term, and this isn't a bad thing. This isn't a good or a bad thing. But the term liminal space... I think has really morphed away from its original definition. Yeah. Because in the, in, in, in the before times, and by that, I mean, last year when <laughs> this all became a thing because internet trends like liminal space was very much typically indoor and it's described as the space in between spaces. So usually ugh, it's like a hallway, a stairwell, maybe a parking lot or something like that. And now it's just any void is a liminal space. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't see like a field of grain as a liminal space. That's Even that does not image, have the claustrophobia, you know, inducing quality. Yeah. I think it's just there there's some images I will see and I'll be like, okay, usually it has to be some sort of indoor environment. Uh I don't I I, I maybe it's me turning into an old man, but I <laughs> I still don't quite get the appeal of like why everyone's like that's a liminal space that's a liminal space Ooh, back rooms back rooms back rooms and i'm like what i don't why? it's not even you know it's not about being old i think just with the internet when something catches on it just gets just driven into the ground so quickly yeah that it like i think everyone goes through that everyone goes yeah okay i get it cool what's the next thing yeah which is unfortunate because sometimes something really good comes along like remember in early 2021 when we had sea shanties as a trend. Oh, yeah. That was great. I fucking, fucking love that time. Fucking uh, Dr. Livesy with the, the Chad walk. Dude, Dr. Livesy, Chad walk, Giga Chad. Was, we go back to that because that, that was great. Evergreen for me. I love oh, that. I mean, it, it, to me, it is evergreen. That's an evergreen meme because they're just, you just can't top. I still joke with, with Kayla sometimes. When we're walking somewhere, I'll start to try and do the walk and just you know um i'm i'm not into like liminal spaces themselves but there are aspects of it that intrigue me um yeah. my absolutely fucks oh hell well, yeah see that's that my is a great way to like I, it's this just it's such a bizarre but fascinating way to handle using a lot of the memes that exist there but doing it in a way that's genuinely interesting yeah it's a good uh it's a good doom mod that is I like, what I wish people would do with concepts like this, which is, which is not just be like derivative to the nth degree, but actually like take that idea and then creatively spin it into something else. Yeah, I think I think though secretly my favorite aspect of my house wad is the back rooms have been overplayed to such a degree that in my house wad they are a punishment. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you try to note for context, anytime you try to note clip in do, my house dot wad, you get sent to the back rooms. 
Uh, I really, if anyone, if anyone somehow does not know what we are talking about, there are plenty of YouTube videos. <laughs> oh, uh, if you, explaining my house dot wad. If you're mean, part of this yeah, show's really audience, is. I don't know how you've not seen it at some point. Yeah, like, seriously, it must be in your algorithm. At you, this point. you don't listen. You don't even necessarily have to know anything about Doom or no. Doom modding to appreciate my house dot wad. I and, and I'll I'll tell you what separates my house dot wad from a lot of other uh, shit out there. Effort. Effort is absolutely what effort, what, uh, effort, what yeah. separates it. Effort and understanding. Yep. Um I like I God, like the, the backrooms the original green text post was perfect, perfect tiny small idea. And yes. then they made it into an SCP wiki. And yeah. they just that's what I really like they, you know do They're like we must have deep lore. Deep do what you lore. do. With your stuff, like, don't let me tell you what to do, but nothing personally kills my enjoyment of something these days than let's meticulously and scientifically catalog and dissect this because you're just taking all the magic out of it. Stop uh-huh. doing that. Just stop. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my house dot watt is actually is actually derivative of a lot of things, but it, it understands the things that it's yeah. using because yeah, the, the, exactly. the most obvious thing is uh, House of Leaves. Um, yeah. Well, and but... I think the fact that it's an interactive experience is so refreshing compared to sit down, watch footage of hazmat people encounter shadow monsters. Yeah. You know, like that's that's been done mm-hmm. to death. My house dot mm-hmm. is just so there's so much going on. It's yeah. really really good. Yeah. And you can read you can read a lot into it. You can go as deep as you want to go with it or you could just leave it be. And even then, no matter how deep you go with it, there's not really a concrete answer and I mm-hmm. like that. I I, that. I mean, honestly, it's the same reason I um, you know, as an English major fell in love with uh this one essay by D.H. Lawrence that was about why does anybody why do we need to dissect everything to the point of it being essentially like losing any semblance of life? Just let things like be. Mm-hmm. Um it's oh god, it uh, one of these days, I'll talk more about it. It was it was one of those works that at the time when I read it, it felt life changing because I was sick and tired of everyone trying to give empirical meaning to literature. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it has to be this theory or this theory or this theory. I'm like, why can't it just be something? Why can't it just be a thing that's nebulous that you enjoy because it's nebulous? And this is like the same thing that made me appreciate the ambiguity of stuff like Twin Peaks. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have a concrete answer. Just let the mystery be. Just let things be weird for weirdness sake. Like, it's fine. Sorry, I'm ranting. I know, but... Well, I remember, I think I said this on Jameson Tapes at one point, um, like, one of the annoying trends about, I mean, YouTube, sure, but also just pop culture is, uh, and especially, especially in the horror community, um, the horror community is kind of dumb because (laughs) they, they like to treat video games like movies and movies like video games yes and i really like and those are the those are the videos with the most hits of like you wouldn't survive x movie yeah that's the fucking point why would i want to survive it then it wouldn't be a horror movie you idiot there's like, a, and it's just like have ugh. you ever seen the 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 community episode where uh uh i'm pretty sure it's community where they're camping it, it's kind of the horror movie episode and they're doing every they're basically doing everything that everyone who criticizes horror movies says people should do in horror movies. And oh, I think yeah. those later seasons where I, did, I didn't watch. Uh, it's yeah, that one's worth checking out. But yeah, that's what you do if you want a uninteresting fucking movie. <laughs> you don't go into the woods. No movie. Bye. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, we don't need a strategy guide for a movie, okay, gang? <laughs> you bring a gun and you shoot Jason and he's dead and then the movie's over. <laughs> Can we please publish a fake Prima strategy guide to Friday the 13th or something? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Can we can we put that in our list of potential future merchandise for creative horror? It's fucking long, like it's, like it's, the Hex the Rich t-shirt. It is. It is. It is one page. It has the cover with you know the the art and everything. It's got the back with like the the reviews uh, and everything, and then it's one page in the center, which is you don't leave the house, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there it is. Boom, strategy guide. <laughs> do, not, uh, do not go to Spooky Lake. <laughs> boom, done. When the when the creepy old fisherman tells you not to go to the old lighthouse, you listen to him. You best um, turn around. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Also, uh, you should probably visit a dentist or something. Your teeth are terrible. I'll be doing that tomorrow when my insurance kicks in. <laughs> Work it. My only job is to warn people away from this place. <laughs> Sometimes that is. I'm not actually a fisherman. Sometimes that is better. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, should we see how? Uh... Uh, should, should we should we go ahead and see what happens in this this liminal space situation now that we have that kind of context frame in mind? Let's sure. do it. Or is it even a liminal space? It might not be. And then you know we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just gonna. I don't have no idea what's going on, so I'm just gonna jump in it completely blind. And I, I as we we are wont to do with this show. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's 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 a large empty space that you fill with lemons. Mm-hmm. Liminal yeah. space. Yeah. 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 Well, they already we already did an SCP on that, but that one was about potatoes right. instead of uh, you know lemons. So, um, anyway, uh, let's. Uh, who who would like to go first? I will. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll go last. So we'll do you, then then Alan. Hey, it's and... uh, it's an alphabetical order. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Boom, boom 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 boom. All right, Golden Sea by Nadir. I caught a stirring in the rearview mirror from the corner of my eye and gripped the wheel tightly. Despite my best efforts, Oliver was waking up. He rubbed his eyes and sat himself up. How much further, Dad? He asked. His voice was dreary. He'd surfaced, but it was about a 50-50 chance if he'd resubmerge under Mr. Sandman's grip again or not. Leave my kid alone, Mr. Sandman. That's rude. And bring me a, uh, bring me a dream, down. why don't you? Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Uh, I, got, I glanced down at the glowing digital clock. We were long past midnight. About an hour and a half, I answered. I broke my concentration on the road for mere milliseconds at a time, but still caught his gaze in the mirror. Sorry, bud. Did the bump wake you up? The dusty road we were on was about half as maintained as I expected, but five times less than I hoped for. I do. I like that detail right there. <clears throat> One time I was driving to uh, Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And Google Maps was like, hey, take take this alternate route to save time because uh, all the traffic going into Fresno on the weekend's bad. And I said, sure. And at nine o'clock at night, I find myself on these random ass dirt roads where I'm swerving to avoid hitting fucking giant hogs because there's no lights anywhere. Oh, geez. And I'm like, good. How? How? What Google employee drove this fucking road? <laughs> how is this on Google Maps? But I digress. How many hogs did they have to avoid? <laughs> they probably did it in the daytime because they were smart. His tiny <laughs> head barely had room to nod as his jaw stretched to stretched wide in a yawn. Ea, Ea, Cthulhu, Fatak, and he tried to answer before <laughs> closing his mouth. 
He looked down at his lap, and I felt a pang of nostalgia. Either he inherited his urge to look at the box of his new game on the car ride home, reading the cover and imagining all the fun he'd have, or it's a universal experience. He was so excited when he unwrapped his birthday present from Papa a few days ago. I thought he'd rocket high enough to hit the ceiling when he leapt into the air. He thanked his grandfather more than I've ever seen him from than I've ever seen from him before. Aww. Um, Jumanji. So, <laughs> our our liminal image. I, I have to. I have to. Our image. Our image. If you everyone will. here knows, I'm afraid of puppets. We're going to get into another fear of mine real quick. Um, Which is so. Before we get into that, I have to tell you guys a story about, like, my 23rd birthday. Okay. Um, there is there is a strip club. Oh. Oh. Uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, called The Outhouse. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Before it was a strip club, it was actually uh, one of the... Uh, uh, a very, very notorious musical venue. A very small musical venue Ooh. that a lot, uh, a lot of like crazy, uh, a, a lot of really good musicians played in early in their career. Uh, the song "Gimme the Keys" by Clutch is about an incident that occurred uh, when they played the Outhouse early in their career. Baller. Um, but then it became a strip club, and uh, the the. The most important thing to know about the outhouse, and I knew nothing about the outhouse at the age of 23, uh, is that it's in the middle of a cornfield. Oh. Um, so, uh, I was being taken, we, we went to an arcade first and, and hung out uh, as a surprise for my birthday. My friends took me there. Then they loaded me in the car and said, we're going somewhere else. And Lawrence, Kansas is far enough away that we had been driving a long time. And uh, I was like... You guys aren't taking me out somewhere to kill me, are you? <laughs> um, so my very specific... I don't know if it's a fear. I'm definitely afraid of being with them. Uh, I somehow, like... I don't know that I'm going to die in a cornfield, but I feel <laughs> like I'm going to die in a cornfield. That explains your immense fear of corn. Um, But, <laughs> like... Right after I said, you guys aren't taking me somewhere to kill me, are you? We arrived in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I can, um, I can relate to, like, the fear of being in a place wherein it's, like, it's seclusion. Remote seclusion. Uh-huh. I can get that. Um, anyway, um, I tried to think. Yeah. Awesome. Um... I tried to think more about myself in his place. Cartridge in place of the sleek disc box in his. But my thoughts oh, that, kept trailing... That kind yeah. of game. Yeah. I thought of a board game and I was like, what? Yeah. What? But my thoughts kept trailing to the receipt for the game in the glove box with my signature at the bottom. If they hadn't made their way to a landfill, it was one of it in a nest of many. Did, did you buy him that shitty E.T. game? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> hope not um, there were a multitude of reasons why visiting family had become a complicated affair with only one of them being the drive to and from between my current home and the one I grew up in lay a sprawling city long since before I was born it was a nightmarish gorgon of concrete tendrils of lanes upon lanes roads upon roads 
snaking out to surrounding townships until they too amalgamated over time. When I was young, it was a, a conquerable beast if you knew the right time to pass through. But these days, your travel time could easily double. We had to find creative detours to avoid the stone still traffic. Oh dear. Um, I did want to add that I used to play bass for Gorgon of Concrete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some really good, um, really good word choices in that that paragraph. I like that one. Yeah. Ideally, Oliver would only need to be woken up once pulled. Uh, only need to be woken up once pulled into the dimly lit driveway before being carried inside and tucked quietly into bed. Although, although there was now no chance either of us would be up at a reasonable hour tomorrow morning and my white knuckles ached from my nervous wheel gripping, I was thankful for the company. The radio sportscasters I'd been listening to at a whisper volume had long been lost in a sea of static. That's a particular feeling of uh, loneliness that I can think of is when, because mm. when I used to take drives out to, uh, you know, where my, my dad lived, uh, we would start out by listening to and I, I, anybody who knows me and has heard me talk about Midnight Marinara before would know that a lot of my inspiration came from listening to this one news channel that at a certain time of night would play the drama hour and it would just be a bunch of old radio uh, serials and things like that. And there was a certain point on the road where once you got far enough away that it would you would lose the radio show and it would fade into static. And no matter how hard we, we tried, we couldn't get there. And that was always a very lonely feeling to me. Just... We'd start out at the right time of night for that to start, but usually we wouldn't be able to finish the serial in time. Or we'd finish right. the first one, but then the second one that would start up, we, we, we'd get halfway through and then just have to turn it off. Hmm. And just something that, that evoked a feeling of nostalgia for me. Nice. Um, Thank you. It, me? You, you. Okay. Is this another game you played at Ben's house? I asked. No, he said. Ben drowned. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh no! Did it! Got him! Woo! I knew he would hang out with his best friend after school and ask for whatever they played together once he came home. I did my best to listen to all the details of the two's adventures, but my mind couldn't help but drift away to our visit with extended family that ended mere hours ago in the Robot Fox's <laughs> wet carnival of torment. <laughs> I tried listening to him, but typically when children speak, my mind just kind of goes elsewhere. <laughs> Which, like, huh? I, I poke fun, but I remember uh, when fucking doing Pokemon came out. Hmm? I said doing the time warp. <laughs> well, um, when Pokemon came out and, like, I got super into it, I would, like, try to tell my parents about it because they're like, why are you playing that so much? It's like, oh, it's because there's all these Pokemon and, like, there's Charizard and there's Bulbasaur and they do this and they do that. And they're just, like, doing their best of, you know, yeah, I'm interested in what you care about, Spawn. Um, but then, like, just didn't pertain any of it and to this day or like oh, i don't God. understand pokemon i'm like that's because you suck that's sh- <laughs> i mean that was my that was my mom she, she was a trooper but she was a certain point where i recognized that she had glazed over and be like okay i'm gonna stop now which is weird because my nephews like one of them dressed up as jeff the killer last halloween what <laughs> yeah like I don't know when it happened, but I'm more in tune with what the kids know these days than my parents at my age back then. It's strange. Strange to think about. I want to be able to maintain that, which is interesting. And yet, I I still wonder, much based on the conversation we had earlier, why everybody is so fucking into Amanda the Adventurer right now. Why that's such a hot ticket item in the horror indie horror scene. I I can kind of get it, but at, at the same time, like, but we, we've seen so much of it before. I mean, I don't know. I'm tangentially aware, and that's enough. Like, if yeah. I'm aware of it, that's cool. 
I don't well, even know it. Shout out to my friends at Random Encounters. I'm glad that their uh, Amanda the Adventure musical, because of the popularity of the thing right now, is getting a ton of views, which they need. Good. Um, and good. Uh, and I will also say that despite my general like disinterest in the property it's based on, I think they always do really good work with the stuff they do. And I genuinely find the song and the stuff they did with it catchy. So that's not a knock against them. I just don't understand the uh, mindset of just, oh, look, it's another thing that's exactly like the 9,000 other indie horror games that exist uh, I mean, in that's, some capacity. That's, that's just tough, man. Like, that's just the industry. Um, I know, I know. It's we, just, we can't all be Baldi's Basics, which is itself evocative of 90s edutainment, you know? Baldi's Basics is lightning in a bottle. It really is. And that's still, to this day, the most popular thing that Random Encounters has produced, by the way. Well, is they're Baldi's, Baldi's, Baldi's Basics. Baldi's Basics is genuinely unnerving. Amanda the Adventurer, like, I get, but it's almost too clean yeah. to, to be evocative of the same thing, which, like, I'm not saying, hey, be Baldi's Basics, but there definitely is something missing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not sure. I I know with, with I looked at something involving Baldi again recently, and I know they've updated the game since then. I'm like, it's just such an uncanny little thing, but it's also really funny at the same time. It's it's funny and jank and horrifying and all like at the same time, and that's really yeah. hard to pull off. They 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 did a good job. They did a really good job with that one. Is this me now? Uh, I is it? No, it's you. Oh, it's me. Uh, right. Uh, my relationship with my relatives was deteriorating fast. I tried my best to make time for them. I guess I felt like being related made it an obligation, but it was by no means a mutual effort. The most they ever did was invite the two of us to rowdy football parties that neither of us had much interest in. It was the only way for us to visit with anybody. Outside of that, we were left to our own devices as if they had merely picked up new furniture. They still went to parties, to church, to ticketed events, to gambling halls, to places we had no invitation to join. As soon as we arrived, they practically pushed past us out the door. Oh, dear. Mm. A book of all the reasons they hated my immediate family and I would outsize the Bible. A lot of them are immaterial. A lot of them are intimate. The most I've been telling friends who aren't closely familiar with the matter is I'm not the successful man they raised their pious son to be, and they've been able to make pretty educated guesses. But Uh, I couldn't bear to let my son know about any of this. Meh. (laughs) To quote, uh, to go conquer the squirrel. Meh. I know how it is. Families. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't let him learn lessons this complicated when he was still so young. He was still watching cartoons that taught him about the power of friendship and how everybody can be your best buddy with a 22-minute redemption arc. He wasn't <laughs> ready to learn that people could hate you, that family could hate you, that family could hate you for things entirely beyond your control, for things you didn't even do. So oh, he's not watching Has Been Hotel. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> Oh, joy. Uh, He wasn't ready to learn that his dad was such a disappointment to his own father. Oof. Uh, Should I I take the next one? Yeah. I put as much as I could uh, into making visits with his papa and uncles the best time ever. They gave him the best gifts on my tab. He ate all his favorite food and snacks since I bought our own groceries. And we'd always pick out a movie to watch together while they spent their nights at the casino. I'd even sometimes break up their long drive with a trip to Chuck E. Cheese or something. Just anything to distract him from how bad things were around him. I knew even the prettiest, shiniest boat couldn't distract from the growing storm and towering waves forever. But I had to try. Um, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese 
any day over a casino. Yeah. Yeah. Just 100%. saying. Like, that's, that's, that's good dadness right there. No, absolutely. Like, listen, I clearly, this is that thing where they're like, I, I'm getting the sense that this is that family's like, we're pious and we're da 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 da. And yet they gamble all their money. They go to fucking gambling halls. Ooh. Oh my God. Hey, Dad. My eyes refocused on the mirror. What's up, Ollie? I got to pee. A string of curses ran out in my mind. That's what I'd been afraid of. Can you hold it? Oceanic fields stretched out into the darkness for forever, and I had no idea how soon we'd clear them, let alone when we'd next pass a gas station. He shook his head no. Hey, David? Yeah? I got to pee. Oh, okay. I'll be right back. Okay. Future Maureen, don't edit this out. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. I also want to thank Maureen for giving future David a break. Yeah, that's... He appreciates it. Uh, I, th- I think uh, I think it's very forward-thinking of us um, uh, as an organization to... Uh, yes. Uh, uh, to give this dead woman another chance. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not her fault entirely that she got her, uh, you know... She got her arm basically ripped out of her socket by a demon doll and then died. All she wanted to do was hang out with her church friends and eat snickerdoodle cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe go home later and watch the big game. Yep. Watch the Packers. Uh, the Packers. That's you know, said uh, one of my favorite one of my earliest uh, well not earliest one of my uh, one of the first times I got really back into mystery science theater was through uh, uh, the giant spider invasion. Yeah, I think that was the one. Yeah. Because it's the one where every time, every single goddamn time they run away from the spider, it's Packers! Woo! <laughs> Packers won the Packers Super Bowl! Packers won the Super Bowl! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's so good. That's a great episode. That that one's really good. Um, yeah. Also coming fresh off the heels of me uh, quoting Space Mutiny. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I think it's very nice of you to give that dead woman another chance. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it took me a second. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. God, so much. Of, didn't there's there's a there's a blog somewhere that I think listed Space Mutiny is like the best in their opinion, the best episode of MST3K of all time. Uh, it's incredibly. It's solid. up there for me. I don't say it's the best, but I'd say it's it's definitely one of the the better ones for sure. Um, they're they're uh my. Some of my top spots go to some unexpected ones. Uh, because of my history as a Renfair kid, uh, uh, Quest of the Delta Knights is really high on my list. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, welcome back. I'm glad you made it back from the cornfield. <laughs> I went to the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take you guys there one day. <laughs> oh, I, I think I have to at this point. Well, I mean, I, now now that we know, we have to go to the we, we have to go at night. I've I've never been to a strip club. I've had no I, interest. I've also never been to a strip club. For this alone, I will there go. Is, <laughs> there just is check a it documentary out. on YouTube about its history as a venue. Nice. That's kind of fascinating. Uh, <laughs> Kayla from the other room just yelled, "I have." <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, it's 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 you. Now it's Alan's turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a P is where we end. I put on my four ways. That's where you're at. Okay. 
I put on my four ways and gently pulled as far over as I could. Sorry, bud, but there's no place else to go. I slowed into a gentle stop. Let me help you out. There's a pretty big bitch. (laughs) 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 Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you out. There's a pretty big bitch to your side. Bitch with a D. That was great. <laughs> Strike witches get ditches. The high beams cast sharp shadows on the surrounding wheat, a burst of color washing over it in frequent blinks. The slightest breeze broke the crop surface out in light waves as it spread out to the unseen horizon. Aside from a thin, waning moon that peaked between overcast clouds, the rest of the night was impenetrable. You know, uh, that matches pretty well with the image I've seen scrolling down a little bit. It's got that right yeah. mood. Yeah. Still nice don't think it's a that. liminal space, but it matches the prompt. Well, again, that's not that's not Beth's fault. That's whoever said no, it. No, this no, content. no. <laughs> I'm not saying it's Beth's fault. Yeah. I can get the sense that a, a cornfield could be like a large. Well, I mean, especially with with what Alan's talking about, cornfield is like the closest thing I think you get to an outdoor liminal space. Oh, um, uh, uh, also, like, okay, so occasionally uh, I drive up to LA for work, and I typically drive back the same day because it's just not worth it to you know get a hotel or whatever. Yeah, but I drive back, and it's like three hours each way, so uh-huh. I often need to wait for traffic to let up so i'm leaving kind of late and by the time i get to like san onofre um it's dark yeah and um i usually have to pee no matter what i've done prior like i've done my best to make sure i don't i have to so i usually stop at rest stops as and you demonstrated earlier in this recording oh yeah <laughs> and if it's at if it's in the fucking dark like for miles there's nothing so you're just at a rest stop there's not necessarily a bathroom, so you have mm-hmm. to like find patches of dirt in the dark with scant moonlight and hope that other cars are not watching you. <laughs> and that really is what it feels like. You're just like, eh. you think, oh, you just just go on the side of the road. It's not that simple. It's really no, not. no, it's not. I get you. You're braver than I in that sense. <laughs> I think it's back to you. Oh, yeah, it is me now. Scratchy gravel crunched in her foot and broke through the quiet, like rolling thunder. As I stepped into the shallow ditch to scoop Oliver out of the car, I heard an orchestra of bugs calling out in the distance. I hadn't seen another driver since the turnoff. If farmhouses lay in the dark beyond anything I could see, in the dark beyond anything I could see, their residents had long since left the fields to their beds. We were alone. Again, good imagery here. I hoisted Oliver out of the car as he squirmed a familiar potty dance. Within moments, he was doing his business into the tall grass as I gave him what little privacy I could. The car was in dire need of a bath, but I gave my best efforts to fan out a clear spot in the dusty trunk to lean against and pulled out my phone. I brushed past notifications to send a text home to more immediate family that we'd be later getting home than expected. The gentle wind carried the familiar odor of approaching rain, the kind that presses tightly against your bones. My thoughts wandered back to summer camp, where a long but thin dock stretched into the lake. Most kids knew better than to walk the length of it barefoot with such a high risk of splinters. I, however, dared to walk out and ease my legs out over the edge. They were barely long enough to give my toes a siren's tears worth of a dip, and I'd watch fish dance under the murky surface. Decades-old trees lined the shore, 
wind whistling through the canopies and a rushing as, as heavy clouds covered the sky. The soft percussion of the fall's crop was just like the squirming foliage of those bright summer afternoons. Pretty. I love that. This is this is beautifully written. Honestly, mm. I love the descriptions of things. I'm, I'm thinking of my parents' house in Vermont. And mm. how, last year, not this year, because this year apparently with all the storms, it's flooding. Oh, no. <laughs> like the dock is gone. It's underwater oh, right shit. now. Which is fine because they have like a lot of space between that and the dock. But uh, yeah, I've seen some pictures because I wasn't there this year. I went, oh, shit. Okay. Kind of don't mind that I missed this year. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh, uh no, it's Alan's turn. What am I? No, is it my turn? It is my uh, turn. Uh, yeah. it is your turn, I think. Yeah, because you just yeah. went. As I heard the stream of liquid stop, I began putting my phone away. All right, let's gone. My stomach immediately dropped to my ankles. I pawned frantically through the brush. Twigs snapped and scraped my palms. Nothing but weeds. Ollie gone. My phone was back in my hands. I snapped a bunch of photos by mistake to reach the flashlight. I nearly dropped it. Oliver gone. A puddle trailed off into the field. Oliver! Gone. I barreled through the wheat as fast as I could stumble. Stalks bent and folded as I pushed through, but I felt them snap straight on my back. A sea of tarnished gold. I called and called and called for him, but no answer came. Only the wind and bugs whispered back. I was losing light, losing time. My voice grew hoarse. My son, my boy, where? How? Gone. Golden sea, cicada gulls, waves of wheat. Gone. Eau de toilette. Dolphin <laughs> Klein. I heard a cry afar in the distance and sprinted towards it, no regard for the black absorbing my vision. I tripped and fell hard in the soft mud. Grime and tear-strained eyes peered back at me, and I pulled Oliver close. His knees were scraped, his clothes were torn, and dirt covered so, so much of his body. What happened? I asked. Ollie, what happened? Um, he shook against my shoulder. With his mouth grimaced and quivering, it was well beyond screams or sobs. He fought to catch his breath. He pushed out with all the effort he could muster between gas gasps. He fell in fish, yes. I hoisted him into my arms and stood. The ground seemed to sink deep underfoot like wading through a tide. The dark seemed to froth just out of sight. I thought I saw something circle past us. Uh-oh. Mm. The comforting lights of the parked car cast wide across the field behind us, and I, and I made my way back at as brisk a pace as I could manage. My body ached and protested. Step after step, I waded back to our lighthouse. I pulled mm-hmm. Oliver back to the road. His hyperventilating continued to echo out across the empty farm as I buckled him in on autopilot. Fat raindrops slowly began to plat heavily against the tarmac. When I got around to sitting behind the driver's seat again, the tinny smack against the roof eased into a deafening roar. Water streamed down the windshield in sheets as it began to downpour. I buckled myself in and looked into the mirror. I found that I, too, had been sobbing. I tried so hard to keep him safe from the terrors real life had held deep below the surface. I put my whole self into keeping my son afloat. But in the end, we both drowned. Mm. That was... Wow. Ah, the imagery. Damn. The only thing taking away from this moment, the imagery is great. It was all good. Uh, We're on the creepypasta wiki, and to the right (laughs) 
it says popular pages been drowned. <laughs> <laughs> Through no fault of Beth's own. Oh my god. Oh, that oh. was I, I love the mixture of relatable single dad, like, you know, losing the only thing you really have in your life. And just the like it doesn't even the 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 fact that there is something possibly out there stalking them, like I could believe someone thinking that. Yeah. Because of just of the setting. And mm-hmm. you are on high, high alert. You have just found your kid. Your adrenaline is flaring. Your parents' senses are just cranked up to 11. Everything is a threat. So it doesn't even like, I, I don't even count this as supernatural. That's just, holy shit, I almost lost my only son. Right. And I think that's really, really strong. There's there's horror in that too, especially when you're coupling it with like how surreal this this space is. We don't even necessarily we I don't feel like we need to know what happened. I think that's is better that way. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the what um, Oliver is saying here, and it doesn't. It's it's hard to piece together, and that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Felon fish. Like he's just he's stammering because he's so freaked out. Yeah, exactly. That. He, like the fact that he could disappear in that moment and it didn't be found moments later uh, far away. And again, all the, the imagery relating this, um, this area to the ocean and being overwhelmed. And it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of good going on in here. I, oh, yeah. wow. I, I liked this one. I really liked this one. Yeah. It's quite, quite good. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of the imagery, uh, a lot of the language used, uh, golden sea, cicada gulls, waves of wheat. I liked that a lot. Me too. Yeah, that was really cool. And everything was built up really nicely. Um, I, it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome either. Like, I think the story ends when it needs to end, and it ends, I think, very poignantly. So, yeah. Yeah. I really, I appreciate the ending too of, and it's it's a it's a very somber, dark conclusion of you can do everything you can to keep afloat, but sometimes you just don't. Sometimes there's not enough help and there's nothing you can do. And right. again, that's very frightening. That's a very, very realistic bit of emotional horror or even existential horror. Like everyone's felt like that at some point in their life. Right. Oh, absolutely. There's uh there's- there's uh, a Nick Let's Go song he put out uh, recently called Obituary. Ooh. Um, and he said he had the song in mind uh, after uh, the birth of his child. And it's like him coping with raising a child in, with what's going on in the world today and <laughs> with the knowledge yeah. that we've basically doomed the planet. Um. And yeah, it's uh, well worth listening to. I'm very glad, and maybe it is just because of what's going on in the world, but I'm very glad that people have stopped asking me, when are you going to have kids? And I don't know exactly when it stopped. Because uh, first it was, when are you getting married? When are you getting... Um, and then immediately after my wedding, when, when, are you have, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? And... I have not heard that at all. And I didn't even have to say anything. <sighs> it's just stopped. And I can't help but wonder if it is related to the very real existential dread that anyone with two brain cells 
should be aware of, at least mm-hmm. tangentially. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like we were lamenting earlier. We're living in very, very interesting times and you gotta mm-hmm. wonder to to say to say the least, interesting. And you gotta wonder where, you know, take stock and maybe other people are finally taking stock. So maybe we don't all need to be, you know, constantly thinking about how do we, uh, how do we procreate <laughs> or like, how do we, I would hope more people would be thinking about other things, like maybe getting the most out of life that you can, you know? And I think, you know, not everyone has to constantly explore um, the existential dread of horror. Like, you know, there's plenty of dimensions of horror, yes. but it is very also interesting to me that, um, Whenever we visit Lovecraft, Lovecraft famously said, um, I believe it was him anyway, that like the, the biggest fear mankind has is that of the unknown. And um, you can also apply the synonym uncertainty. And we live Uncer- in very yeah. uncertain times. So we, that is we, something that everybody, I don't care who you are on the planet, everybody experiences that. We literally just, you know, and we're still not quite through this, you know, this we every one moment everything was fine and the next suddenly we are living in this world where there's this this thing that was is so uncertain that is trying to you know we we don't know how to handle it we have to be locked down we don't know when things are going to change mm-hmm. and we're still living in the shadow of that if not actively living in the the thick of it even now and um i mean i mean just because you know not it going through that mm-hmm. and it, it it's going to affect everyone doesn't matter who you are it's going to affect multiple generations yes and i'm waiting for the day when there is a generation that like this is just the norm for them when they grow up and they'll be like oh what was that like because for a long time like i guess we had 9-11 yeah but that was not as personal or intimate for most people no there was definitely the effects of it and we still feel those to this day but 9/11 yeah, saying, we're still happen. living in the shadow of 9-11. That's 9-11 insane. didn't happen to me. No. Not like not in a way that it happened to other people. Most no. people it did not happen to. Yeah. Um, no, I, lockdown happened to everybody. I uh was in Virginia living on naval housing when 9-11 happened. So Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. I was in Yosemite National Park when it happened. I uh Oof. Yeah. I was playing StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> And I went to school and everyone was watching the TV. I was like, what's going on? I was in, that was in Virginia. So we were also pretty close to Washington, D.C. Right. And, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what, what, what happened in, on my end is uh, I got pulled out of school. Uh, um, and uh, I very specifically remember I was in social studies class um, mm-hmm. when uh, just everything, every, like, School was all there. School always has structure, and suddenly yeah. it was just gone. Yeah. Um, and that many like children immediately losing that structure. It was kind of a free for all. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, they didn't pull us out of school, but they did. I, I went to my after school activity, and my mom just like pulled up and said, No, I'll get in the car. You're coming home. I was like, oh, oh okay, man. cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be here anyway. Um, and like, it, 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 it was weird. Like, it must be so different for people on the East Coast versus the West Coast because I just did not have the faintest idea of what was happening for like at least 24 hours. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't understand. And no one would really tell me. 
even though I could like watch it on TV, it did like the, the, the ramifications were not there because of how hushed everyone was trying to keep it and how calm we were all trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so actually this, this makes me think about this movie. I just watched, I watched uh, asteroid city by uh, Wes Anderson. Oh yeah. A couple yeah. Weekends ago. And I'm not going to get into a full review, but um, okay. I was reading someone's take on it and they said, I don't think Wes Anderson wanted to make something related to lockdown, but there is a part in the movie where everyone experiences a weird world changing event, and then they are then quarantined and they all have to stay in these very small rooms. And the only way they communi- can communicate with their neighbors are through tiny square windows. And I went, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. I don't think Wes Anderson probably intended that either, but like, I would not be surprised if it was just such an immense influence that that just happened subconsciously. And I think we're going to see a lot of that for years to come. Mm-hmm. And even this story, to bring it back, I know we kind of veered way yeah, off Yeah, sorry, Beth. <laughs> well, but, I mean, like, you know, good literature uh, it, it inspires you. Um, yeah. What I really like about stories like this is that it's not like remember lockdown or anything like that, but it is about, um, it's a very small, almost claustrophobic story about um, something world changing and then holding on to those that you love. And I'm not saying like this is also influenced by the pandemic or whatever necessarily, but like this is a really interesting way that you can kind of work through that and work as we're doing right now we're discussing the ramifications of it and how we can kind of apply it to other real world things Mm -hmm. and that is what i love about media like this you know it doesn't have to be this huge all-encompassing thing it can just plant an idea in your mind and you can explore it and I, i will take that over you know and then a skeleton popped out And the skeleton on its forehead was emblazoned the words COVID or something. You know, like <laughs> I, 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 I really will take that over anything. So yeah, uh, I keep talking about doing a video essay eventually. Uh, the one I'm actually going to do, I talked about Nick Letzko earlier. Um, there's all this talk about like uh, uh, the pandemic comedy and pandemic fiction and. Uh, uh, people dreading it, and he—he's the uh, people hold up Inside by Bo Burnham as like the paragon of pandemic comedy, and I think Inside yeah. by Bo Burnham is very, very good. It is um, strong. I think Nick Letzko did it better than anybody. Uh, I—it's hard to disagree with you on that um, because it was a, portraying like an alt right. An alt-right man-child living in his mother's basement who just got progressively <laughs> more insane. <laughs> um, I think the difference, the big difference is Inside is very, like, self-reflective while also making very broad statements about other societal well, issues. And Nick Lesko's thing is also very just, like, pointed. <laughs> Inside was also kind of an accident. Um, because Inside, uh, it was released at a very fortunate time, but Inside kind of was always going to be about, uh, Bo's opinion on his career and, like, how he didn't want to appear publicly and, uh, everything like that. Um. I, I, I love Bo. Yeah. Almost everything he does is about his career. Um, <laughs> at some point he does need to talk about something else. <laughs> 
Um, but the the way the the way he put it though is like he's been performing since he was sixteen, so all, all he true. knows is performance. That's um, true. Like he was on YouTube doing that way before a lot lived, of people. He lived yeah. almost his entire life um, in front of an audience, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think even without the pandemic, Inside was always going to be what it was. I think you're um, right. Yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, yeah, no. Um, I I, I kind of want to do a deep dive in into the Nick Lutzko verse, um, <laughs> because it has po- it. Ha- I think it has poignant things to say about what isolation does to people and how mm. how it can radicalize people. But also, mm-hmm. he campaigns for a third Gremlins movie. <laughs> <laughs> That is um, that is something I have seen firsthand uh, in di- different stages of my life, um, and I've seen it happen to people um, close to me in my life, and people online that like I know, like I don't know them personally, but I know them enough, and it's it's interesting to see it keep happening because when I know the person personally, it, they're not an anonymous just figure. There's someone who I can tell myself, well, I know you're also a very lonely person and you are just looking for reasons to explain away your loneliness. Mm. And I try to approach it that way because you can't you can't approach people on batshit crazy arguments like they're not designed to actually be broken down with facts and logic. Um, But and going back to what you mentioned about Nick um, making that song about raising a kid, I'm in a really weird point in my life because uh, my sister had her first kid. Uh, I think he, my nephew's like, like uh, must be about a year now, actually a year old. And I'm uh, super happy for her and her husband. And that's really cool. But never before have I been more invested in just watching how she's raising her kid mm. because she's a very, very good mother. She, she has a, a degree in psychology um, and like child developmental psychology, I believe was her focus. So she's been, you know, she's very, very aware of how to foster her child and um, you know, is very, but like is, you know, relatively close to my age. So she also is aware of like what the internet used to be, what the internet is now, uh, what to, you know, what media to expose your kid to, how to handle the various, various complexities of raising a kid. And boy, howdy, am I glad she's doing it because (laughs) I wouldn't have no fucking idea of how to raise a kid today. In this economy? Like even like that aside, I would be like, I'm not letting you anywhere near the fucking internet. You really should know about it, and you should know computers and stuff. But fuck, man, I don't want you anywhere close to that. Because yeah. there, I, I I know how I was, and like I was in a more relatively innocent time of the internet. Now, shit, dude, like goddamn. Yeah, I I absolutely concur. I mean, it's it's so weird being among people who have been raised on the internet, kind of the way it is now, mm-hmm. as opposed to where we were when you know. We we're I think we're still in, intimately familiar with how the dial-up noise sounded, you know. Yes. Like yes. it's such a such a surreal disconnect how quickly it's moved, and I it it is an entirely different 
in a lot of ways, an entirely different place than what it used to be. And I've seen the way it's changed. I've seen the way the landscape of uh, the way things are shared, the way people communicate, the way people are polarized, mm-hmm. the way people, you know, attempt to get their views out there. And then all the weird, weird shit in the middle that is like, you know, me watching a kid at when I'm at my theme park job pass by, they're at a theme park and they pass by with a tablet in their hand in a stroller scrolling through a bunch of what looks like finger families shit uh, while they're at a theme park and they could be looking up at all the beautiful things around them. And it's just, it's so weird. There's weird. It's, it's strange. I I think when we grew up, the internet was a novelty. Yes. Now it is a utility. It is Mm -hmm. a permanent, like omnipresent facet of life. Yes. And I'm not going to say like, you know, it was better when we were young or whatever, but I think a lot of aspects of it were because you could only do so much and it was a lot easier to not be so connected to it. Right. And that, that is just something that we have to come to grips with. And I think that we were talking about indie horror that drives so much of trends now in yes. everything. Um, yes. Horror is no exception, but like that's why we see the back rooms like that blew up, and then everybody like just like liminal spaces became a term that you know of all the things for the horror community to latch onto, it's liminal spaces. <laughs> yeah. Which on the one hand is like incredible, cool, like we can turn fucking anything into an interesting horror story. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we turn anything into a horror story, <laughs> yeah, and it just becomes like watered down and oversaturated as just all this shit does. And the stuff but, that sticks, the stuff that sticks just feels like it sticks because maybe some random freak of the algorithm got yeah. it in front of people's eyeballs, not because it, it gained traction. And again, I don't know that for sure, but it does, some of this stuff just seems to come out of nowhere. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why why does this latch on the way it does when, and maybe it has an appeal to other people, but I don't know. I don't have that same mindset. Well, uh, I think I think as humans, like, we were never meant to be able to absorb this much information or to have mm-hmm. access to this much information. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's another like big existential horde thing um, that I think is really prevalent that I've been thinking about a lot. Like we, you know, we have the term now doom scrolling. We yes. have uh, eco anxiety, which I suffer from. We have all this stuff. And like the more I've been researching it, I'm realizing only reason I'm even anxious about most of this is because I constantly have access to it. Yeah, if this no, was a hundred no years ago, I would not. Yeah, news traveled slow. I uh-huh. knew I would know about my family, my town to some extent, and maybe a little bit about my country, and yes. that's it. Uh-huh. Like the fact that we are so connected is—it's a burden and it's a boon at the same time. But being able to learn all of this—it's no wonder. Like you know, for for most of our time on planet Earth, we could not possibly have known all of this at the same time. So how like we're it's almost like we're ill equipped to deal with it. Yeah, we're moving faster than than I think our human our evolving human brain can catch up with. Yeah, in a lot. Everyone's of ways. exhausted mentally all the time, mm-hmm. and like and going back to the story again. Imagine you know <laughs> being, being this father having these family issues, these familial issues. And then also be just like being in the modern day. Um, like I have no, you know, obviously like almost losing your kid is like going to make you cry. But I could also almost imagine like just the events of the day will fucking break you on top of that. Yeah. And that's just a real fear. Like that's it's it, very relatable, this fear that's portrayed in the story. That's that's one of the reasons I latched onto it as much as I do. It's just 
the idea that this this thing happens, it could have gone so badly, and then at the aftermath of it, feeling like you're drowning because the weight of everything. You're you're trying to maintain this like lifeboat mentality, mm-hmm. and now for a moment, your lifeboat capsized. Why shouldn't and, you feel stressed about it? And 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 I, I like the imagery about like we went back to our lighthouse, but like what lighthouse do we have right now? I think most people really don't really have one, and if you do, it's very easy to lose it. And if you do lose it, like, what do you do? How do you find a new one? That, that's such a common, common problem a lot of us have. Yeah. Man, this got deep. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm not, not complaining either. I mean, uh, this is this is credit where credit is due. This is, a, this is a huge amount of credit to Beth for getting us on this these tangents right now. Yeah. This episode is going to go way longer than the story actually, like, is. And I think a lot of it has to do with that. And, well, you know, and those heard, are the best stories, like yes. the ones like, and I love this is my favorite type of story. It's not uh-huh. too long and it's not overly explained and it inspires discussion and thought. That's my absolute favorite type. That's like the criteria that we like would hope for with a lot of stories. And not every story needs to be like that. A lot of stories <laughs> can just be weird and silly. And I love sure. those too. A lot of stories can be weird flash fiction that looks into the strangeness of things. I love all kinds of stories. I... Every so often, it is really good to get a story that gets us this introspective. Yeah. And I want to thank Beth for sharing this with us and uh, letting us, uh, you know, giving us the opportunity to read this. Because, you know, it always is kind of a, you know, a risk to write something like this and have a bunch of people be like, eh, I don't get it. <laughs> well, I did read the comments and the first one's like, oh, I don't really, I'm not, I can't get on board with that ending. And I'm like, really? 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 Uh, must be nice to be you, dude. I didn't read the comments until after I read the story so I could have my own frame of reference. But while we've been sitting here talking, I have been looking at them. And, and I think one of the commenters is the person who's, who's running the comments. And maybe yeah. they is like the top comment. Maybe they have a different criteria for what they want out of a liminal spaces story. But taking that part out of this entirely, um, taking, taking that, some of those aspects as a standalone without the context framing in mind. Again, I don't know what the context framing was entirely. This is a solid solid story i mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed this oh and i'm sorry but if we ran a liminal space uh contest <laughs> i could give two shits less how well the liminal space is incorporated and described like it's a yeah. liminal space yeah. dude the human I, element is what's actually going to provide the horror because yes. again that green text like, story thing doesn't perfect. need to show up in the background for it to be scary. Okay, uh, no. and I've compared like the, when the backgrooms came out, I compared it to like when I when I went to a bring your kid to work day with my mom, and she worked in this gigantic floor of just copy uh, copy paste um, cubicles, and I got uh, lost at one point because I couldn't find the bathroom. Like for oh. me, that's the backrooms. There you go. And that's that's it. That's 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 it. There's mm-hmm. nothing else that needs to be explained. So. Nope. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Beth. <laughs> we yeah. went on a really long tangent. <laughs> um, I uh, have been dealing with a lot um, in like my professional life and personal life and a mm. bunch of other stuff. And the way I describe my depression to people um, is drowning. That is how I've always... It feels like I'm drowning. Mm. Um, But, yeah. uh, So I I can relate to the imagery a lot. Um, uh, I also wanted to say there's this uh, great Pete Holmes bit where he's talking about... uh, And it's a time 
I can actually remember because I didn't have a smartphone until I was like 22. Hmm. Same. <laughs> um, is that I can remember a time where if you didn't know something, you just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes well, there's a beauty in that. Which is, which is weird too because it, it, that still isn't enough because you can't possibly know everything out there now. Like you, like before, before cable, for example, you could, you know, pretty much be caught up on everything on TV. Yeah. And then cable came out and a bit more tough. Nowadays, uh-huh. you don't know about insert thing on YouTube. No, dude. How the fuck am I supposed to know about that? Yeah. Did you share it with me? Did I type it in? Did the algorithm tell me? No. Then how the fuck am I supposed to know? Which is fine. Like Did- good. Good, I don't know everything on the internet. I, 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 it's not enough hours in the yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, the other option is, did you share it with me? Did I bother to look at it? Because depending on who you are, I'm probably not going to look at it. Well, I, and I remember, like, when um, when social media image boards were coming out, like um, the Meta Picture and Imgur and stuff, I just didn't go on them because I was no. in a Skype chat where five of my friends were constantly just posting the best of. I was like, cool, mm-hmm. I don't. I never have to go on this website. You get it curated for you. It's literally being curated for me. And um, I, I've, I've like had to cut back over the past couple of years my social media just exposure, hence why like mm-hmm. no one sees me on Twitter anymore. Sorry, mm-hmm. everyone. Um, <laughs> because it, it just like, it's just not healthy for me. But... I like I have people like in Discord just posting stuff like oh cool that's on there and like I never have to look it up it's kind of nice. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And you know I guess the one other thing we can say about the internet that is like a positive is we couldn't be doing this right now or forming the friendships we did without some of the connections that we we have because of this technology. So at least give it that. That's absolutely the, true. The three the three of us sitting here being able to have this conversation and create have this discourse and be able to then you know, synthesize this and release it as a podcast that people actually listen to is kind of a miraculous thing in itself. And it is, it is miraculous and also like the lowest tech thing you can do on the internet now. It, well, and especially this show because I barely edit it anyway. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of amazing. That's, well, that's, and that's kind of like, I, I've said this to people before. If I went out of my way to edit this show and polish it, it wouldn't be undercooked analysis anymore. That no. was the whole point. And I've been doing that now for almost 10 years. 2014 will mark 10 years of this podcast. Hell, this year is going to mark 10 years of Midnight Marinara. Mm-hmm. Uh, awkward segue, I know. But I just want to say like <laughs> that all of this stuff is coming up. And uh, there's a lot for me to be thinking about as I look at the, where I am now compared to where I was 10 years ago. Lots changed. Lots stayed the same. And I've definitely, uh, I'm going to be acknowledging a lot of the 10-year stuff with this as we get to 2014. But right now... I'm just trying and uh, in trying to write the script. No one tell David episode. he said 2014 two times in a row. He did it. He did it twice. <laughs> I did. Well, you know what? Since I started Midnight Marinara at the in on Halloween or just before Halloween of 2013, it basically feels like 2014. Fuck. I um. Th- there's a reason that the thing I still watch the most on YouTube is just Let's Plays because it's people <laughs> talking. It's very know? soothing. You know, it's just like that's that's something I don't have a lot in my life because of everything going on. You know, yeah. hey, while we're talking about people talking and shit entirely unrelated to the story we just read. Uh, hey, ASM artists, stop dropping advertisements in the middle of your fucking video. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I like ASMR was a phase for me, and I think it's really cool. I am happy I never ever had to hear that. That sounds awful. <laughs> oh God. Oh no. I would be so angry. I would be livid. Yeah, I don't blame. That, that, I, put on, <laughs> I put on some fucking positive affirmations or some rain noise, and it's just like fucking <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> You are strong and beautiful, and you can totally get a free trial for NordVPN. <laughs> if, okay, if, that, if that's all it was, that would be fine. But it's like calm, soothing, quiet. Oh and my then God. just suddenly at like full, and you listen to it at high volume because it's yeah. naturally quiet. Then yeah. suddenly at full fucking volume, you get like, choose your fighter in this new mobile video game. <laughs> or that like was... the trailer, trailer says, boom, 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 John Wick 4. Now I had, I had this idea, like if I ever had like a budget and shit, I would make a, like a short video of this, uh, this fucking like metal band or something at a show. And like, it's getting to the, the breakdown. It's like, yeah, everyone get the fuck up. Let me see a pit. Let me see a pit brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> and, like, that's the future. <laughs> oh, well, that's the pits right there. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I would, like, I don't typically dislike leave bad reviews or comments or anything. But if I heard that and I was, like, trying to go to sleep, I would absolutely just be like, fuck you. Never, ever do that. Screw you. Make that's a- not cool. Everybody make a statement. Everybody listening to this. Hey, thanks for listening to this, guys. Gals and everybody in between. You all rule. Um, for supporting this show and being here and listening to us rant about nonsense for a while and get all deep and shit. Uh, and if you want to submit stories to the show so we can also rant about them and get all deep and shit, or at the very least read them and then laugh all right, and make annoying tangents all through them. You can uh, email me, midnightmarinera at gmail.com is the main source for that. You can also post them places with various socials media. Uh, uh, while Twitter is still around, uh, you can reach out to me there at Scary Sauce. Uh, you can also join the uh, Midnight Marinara Patreon, uh, fetches both for this show and Midnight Marinara. Uh, I try to bump patron stories up in the roster so they can get read first. Um, and yeah, any don't and you also get the dregs. We had a bunch of dregs before this, which are uh, easily more lighthearted in some ways than some of the stuff we were talking about. Uh, but it's a sequel to Bloodhounds Incorporated, so your mileage may vary on how you feel about that. Uh, <laughs> check out the other shows we have on the Creative Horror Network. Shows like The Jameson Tapes and Darkly Lit and uh, uh, other shows that we have. <laughs> Trick or Track, The Witching Hour, you know. Would it be all right if I ended the show with a new feature? Yeah, sure. So to briefly explain it, in the future I will not expl- have this preamble. But okay. Twitter, Twitter is probably going to die. And yeah. I, uh, we, one I, can always hope. Is it weird that like someone who has used Twitter a lot over this last decade to do a lot of promotion just for... Because I don't have my own. I have one for Midnight Marinara. And I use it primarily for that. Is it weird to say that if it disappeared, I would just be like, oh, that's a weight off my shoulders? No, no. Like, I, I, I'm, I've had people message me going like, you don't use Twitter anymore. I can't message you on there. And part of me is just like, you know what, dude? I got my SoundCloud. 
And if you want to hit me up, hit me up on there. Otherwise, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm done. Fair. Sorry, yeah, Alan. I'd, I'd like to close out with tweets. Uh, uh, one of the things I use Twitter for in the past is huge, hilarious jokes that not enough people liked. Um, oh, yeah. I like uh, them. So uh, I was reminded of this. I'm here. I, I like, like them. Like, hey, let's make this a feature. I'll remember it for next time, I promise. Uh, so <laughs> here, here, here is a, a huge, hilarious joke that only two people liked on Twitter. Okay, um, here we go. <clears throat> if I'm constipated, I like to shout, let's open this fucking pit up before I take Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. <laughs>